an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Fellas, the Washington Commanders wow. finally have a head coach. It's the Lombardi line on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. That voice you heard, the one and only Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. This show, as always, presented by DraftKings. And yes, wow is right. The news coming in just about an hour or so ago that Dan Quinn, Michael, will be the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, we said that probably all these jobs would be filled by Thursday. We called that yep. one. Uh, I, I'm a little surprised by this one because here's why. You know, John Schneider and, and Dan Quinn, everybody thought Quinn was going to Seattle. That's where he that's where he kind of started his career, was from the Pete Carroll school, was a defensive coordinator there, was, you know, left there to go to become a head coach in Atlanta, well loved within the building, interviewed there twice. Mm-hmm. And they went with another defensive coach, Mike McDonald. Now, in fairness, they probably said, look, we've had a lot of Pete Carroll years here, 14. We need to go in a different direction. I get that. But what I found really interesting is that Washington would go in this direction, that the combination of Adam Peters and Quinn is what they saw as the best way to turn around their franchise. And all those people that were involved, whether it was Bob Myers, whether it was Rick Spielman, whether it was, you know, Martin Mayhew, Adam, you know, it seemed like a lot of people were involved in the committee. We'll see how it goes. I I think this is going to take Washington football fans to see it before they believe it. There are a lot of layers to this. Um, And the first thing that stands out to me just as a football fan and having question marks about the Washington commanders is like, For me, this is a little bit of an uninspired choice is the word that keeps coming to mind for me. And then him as a defensive guy being charged with them having the number two overall pick in this year's draft, drafting and developing a quarterback when he hasn't had a history outside of Kyle Shanahan coached offenses of having offensive success. 
You, you know, you, you read my mind. I have it here on the list. Okay, you want to go through it? Let's you do know, it. We, we, you can go through it. Zach Wilson, Salah. You know, Josh Rosen, Steve Wilkes. Manzel Petten. Bridgewater, Mike Zimmer. Okay, worked okay. Luck Pagano, that worked well. Newton Rivera, that worked. You know, Sam, uh, I mean, Sam Ponder. I mean, Christian Ponder, Leslie Frazier. You know, um, uh, Freeman, you know, and and uh, I'm sorry, uh, Josh Freeman, Raheem Morris, Ryan Smith. Okay, that worked pretty good. Palmer Lewis, that worked okay. You know, Leftwich Del Rio, not so much, right? Grossman Smith, nah, they got to a Super Bowl, but really, Carr Capers. You can go through it all. I think it's kind of interesting, but look, it, it depends on the quality of the quarterback. I think that's the other issue yeah. is they pick the right guy. I agree. It's an uninspiring hire because here's what you, here's what most Washington fans are thinking. We fired a coach who lost a Super Bowl and was a defensive specialist, and we hired a coach <laughs> who lost a Super Bowl and was a defensive specialist. Like I, I was cracking up today on Twitter. They had a picture of the Washington hire, and you know, have you ever seen that clip where a guy is holding up? The, he just bought a new shirt, but it's exactly the same shirt that he has on. Have you seen that yep. one that runs around Twitter like crazy? I kind of thought that was true. Like. I was expecting more, but you know what? When I took a step back as a 76er fan and knowing Josh Harris as I do from studying him, I don't know him personally, from watching him run his team, it makes all the sense in the world. You know, it makes all the sense. He didn't doesn't want somebody to come in and run the team. He wants to make the players happy, make everything comfortable. And I'm sure Quinn's messaging about being positive yeah. and being upbeat is what won him over. Because, that, look, that's who the Sixers are. And when it gets tough for the Sixers, they collapse. Now we got to hope that when they get tougher Washington, they won't. And we know that connection, of course, as you referenced Myers and the Golden State Warriors and how Steve Kerr went down to Seattle and asked about how do you get joy? And joy has become such a mantra of the Golden State Warriors and the success they have had. I imagine Dan Quinn was out there at Seattle when when that took place. So maybe that mindset is something that was a draw, certainly. And I, I do want to like I don't want to just trash on Dan Quinn because he's he's a fine coach. No, obviously, he took the Atlanta Falcons to a Super Bowl in three years that he was with the organization organization to start before things started getting derailed. Um, and in Dallas, say what you want about the way that things ended there in that wild card, just absolutely abysmal, tough performance. Like that's the lasting impression that we have, but he did still take that defense and make them the last three years ranked seventh, fifth and fifth in scoring defense. And you're taking over a commander's team that was just last in just about every defensive category, including scoring defense you can imagine. Yeah, and, but I think to me, when you go through Quinn, when the year he lost the Super Bowl, he had Kyle as his offensive yep. coordinator, right? They were number one in the league in points scored. They were number two in the league in yards gained, right? And then when he lost Kyle, when Kyle left and he became the head coach of the 49ers, that's when, you know, they went from from first to 10th. And then all of a sudden, all the numbers started to fall apart on him. So he's going to have to be, I would suspect he's going to hire somebody from Kyle's tree because he knows how important that is for his longevity. And I'm sure he's got the right coaching staff in mind. And I'm sure that played a huge role in the decision-making. We just got an alert. Hold on here, Stormy. Oh, I called this on the podcast today, too, by the way. The Ravens have named Zach Orr as their new defensive coordinator, replacing Mike McDonald. Okay. I had that one earlier today on the pod, which is interesting. Zach Orr's been coaching three years, and he replaced Mike McDonald. So the Ravens did that. Let's go back to Quinn real quick. Uh 
you know, look, it's going to come down to who he wants to hire as the offense coordinator. It'll be somebody, whether it'll be Kubiak, Clint Kubiak, who's in San Francisco now. That makes sense. And, you know, try to install the offense. The key question is, will they get the quarterback pick right? Yeah. Because Peters was there in San Francisco with Lance. I'm not saying, <laughs> just saying, you got to take a look at that. You absolutely do. And we we know that the pool of quarterbacks uh, in this year's NFL draft, there are a lot of guys, and it'll be interesting as we get through that analysis who ultimately ends up being that number two guy in the pool. If the Washington Commanders want to try to make a deal with the Chicago Bears, if they're okay moving down and trading positions, we'll see. That's going to be a very interesting conversation topic, but we'll save that for another day for now. I think that is going to be a very, very important hire to get right for Dan Quinn, especially when you think about the retooling that needs to be done on that offensive line that gave up 65 sacks this year, as well as the quarterback position. And now that leaves an opening in Dallas for their defensive coordinator. What kind of a, a, I guess, attractive job is that given all of the situation there with Mike McCarthy in the last year of his contract? I think it's going to be really an important hire for Mike, right? I think it's going to be a real important hire. We talked about Al Harris, who was on the coaching staff. Perhaps he promotes him from within. I don't know. He knows that scheme. Are they really really in love with that scheme? They had a hard time stopping the run in that scheme. It's an eight-man front. They don't do a lot. They were doing a lot. They went back and cut it back to more of a cover three, cover one. They're not a great man-to-man team. I was with a guy last night who worked with who a coach who worked with Zimmer, and I was asking him, do you think Mike Zimmer could be in play in Dallas? And he kind of thought he might be. So I think that would be a great hire. Mike Zimmer is a really good, well-respected coach. He's from Jerry's tree. He knows Jerry really well. That could be a possibility. And I think also Martindale. You know, Martindale's going to interview with the Rams today or tomorrow and so he could be in play here i think it's the most critical hire it was a critical hire in green bay when they decided to hire jeff halfley hopefully that works out because i think this is going to be the most important thing these franchises do this offseason like it was for cleveland last offseason yeah, that Cowboys defense, it's no secret. It has some flaws. It has some holes, but there's obviously a lot of talent there as well. But I, I, I asked the question again, just about the attractiveness of that job, knowing that as Jerry Jones has continued to make clear, there's no promises, there's no guarantees beyond this year for Mike right. McCarthy, for their quarterback and Dak Prescott. Like that would scare me if I'm somebody that's trying to take a job in Dallas right now. Yeah, but here's the difference, though. Jerry appreciates really good coaching. So let's just hypothetically say he hires Zimmer and Zimmer does a great job, but the team doesn't win. Whoever becomes the next coach probably is going to take Zimmer and leave him in his job, right? That, that One thing about Jerry is, you know, like Al Davis was, he doesn't fire the whole organization when he makes a change. People stay because he's not going to get rid of bad coaching. And so like Kellen Moore stayed when McCarthy came in, mm. right? So I, I don't think it'll be an unattractive position to come into. I think it'll be a very attractive position because you got a chance to win and you've got an elite player, one of the top players in the league in Micah Parsons. What did, and we'll talk plenty about Micah Parsons a little bit later on in the show because he had some comments uh responding to some of the things that Jerry Jones said this week at the senior bowl. But when it comes to, to Dallas moving forward, I'm curious because you, you and Femi obviously do the pod together on Thursdays, what he had to say about Dan Quinn's hiring and being the big Cowboys fan that he is. Was he happy, sad, no emotion? How did he feel about Dan Quinn moving on? Who Femi? Femi yeah. was pretty much, he, he was happy to see Quinn go. I think he felt I think like a lot of Cowboys fans feel like that. Stop. Yeah. I, I don't think, I think to me, 
and I, I can't prove this, so I don't know, but I think there was a probably a small, there was a growing feeling within that building that if Quinn went, we might actually get better hmm. because maybe he's run his course there. And look, he did a good job, and I respect Dan. I like Dan. You know, I think this is going to be a really hard job for him in Washington. I'm sure he learned a lot from his head first head coaching stint to his second one. But I, I just kind of have a sense that the way Josh Harris operates the 76ers, player-friendly, everybody's going to Dairy Queen after the game. You don't want to play? No problem. Don't play. Okay, here we go. Everything's good. You know, what Brady said on Pat McAfee the other day is so true. Accountability. You better have accountability in organizations and you better hold everybody, coaches, players and staff to that accountability level. I think that's going to be what Dan's going to have to do within an environment that wants to go a little bit easier on what we're doing. Certainly a transformative offseason for a number of franchises, including the Cowboys and Commanders. And with that, speaking of accountability, a few coaches who were pretty darn good at that, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Mike Vrabel, none of which found themselves in a head coaching <laughs> job sideline. in 2024. We're um, getting interviews. I yeah. mean, Vrabel, I mean, how do you, like, seriously, if you're a Washington fan, forget Belichick. How do you, how do you not hire Vrabel? How is Vrabel not a better head coach, defensive coach than Dan Quinn? How is that possible? How could you say that? There's no evidence to prove that statement is true, that Quinn's better than Vrabel. There's no evidence of that. It's a head scratcher, that's for sure. With that, all eight of the head coaching vacancies are now filled, and I've got some burning questions about each and every one of them when we come back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
If you haven't already, make sure you check out the new and improved vcin.com. We've got a fresh new look, enhanced navigation, as well as a mobile-first focus. vcin.com currently, by the way, is Super Bowl Central. All your wants and needs for betting the big game, from picks and predictions to prop history and how to bet squares. Also on the homepage, our own Michael Lombardi's latest column on how the Chiefs changing their offensive philosophy since Christmas has put them in their fourth Super Bowl appearance in the last five years. We'll get into plenty of Super Bowl 58 talk in a bit. vcin host and professional handicapper Mike Somich will join us in 15 minutes for some of his early thoughts on the game and best bets for today in the NBA and college hoops. But for now, Michael, as we welcome everybody back into the Lombardi line, um, let's stick with the coaching carousel because the big news of the day, of course, yeah. that Dan Quinn has been hired as the new head coach with the Washington Commanders. Just yesterday, we saw Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald named the new head man with Seattle. By the way, his job already filled in Baltimore by Zach Orr, linebackers coach that's been elevated. But now all eight head coach vacancies are officially filled. So I'm going to throw some rapid fire burning questions at you for each of these new head coaches. You ready to go? Let's do it. Yeah, let's All right. do it. Let's do it. Let's start in Seattle because we already talked plenty about Washington and, and what needs to happen there. Um, Mike McDonald, you go from a, a Super Bowl winning coach, one of the oldest and most established in the National Football League and Pete Carroll to now the youngest guy that is a head man around the entire league right now. How will Mike McDonald build upon the established culture in Seattle and help the organization take a step forward? Well, I think what he's going to bring to the table is a slightly different culture. You know, Pete was there for 14 years and it was built around enthusiasm, connectivity, the love of the game, playing hard, practice hard, all that. You know, we're going to be positive. Everything's going to be better tomorrow. We're going to keep working. And I think as the years went on, maybe they lost a little bit of that enthusiasm and that accountability. And I think they wanted to kind of regain that. So I think instead of hiring Dan Quinn, who might have brought that same approach, they went outside and hired Mike McDonald, who frankly was playing with less talent in Baltimore than what they have in Seattle, in my opinion. I mean, I think Seattle has some really good, talented defensive players that underachieved this year, mostly because they were not very scheme friendly in terms of creating matches for the skill play, for their players. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll give them that. It'll be critical what he hires, but he's got John Schneider there, who's an excellent general manager who's been in the league a long time, who's got experience. And I think John, knowing John as well as I know, and John's a lifelong learner. He reads. He's constantly trying to grow. I think that ability will transcend itself into McDonald. And McDonald's a good listener and he takes advice. This can be a home run. Now he's got to get the right coaching staff together. And he's got to get the right guy that works with him. But I think to me, this gives him a great opportunity. I like the hire. I really do. Yeah. And uh, obviously led the top defense in the National Football League this year in Baltimore, held the Kansas City Chiefs to just 17 points and shut them out in the second half in last week's conference championship game, despite not being able to get the win. So we'll see what he's able to do out there in Seattle. How about in Carolina, where new head coach Dave Canales was introduced at his media availability today? And when he was asked about what attracted him to a team that has fired three head coaches in the last five years, his immediate answer was around the idea of getting to coach Bryce Young, who now has an entire year of NFL experience under his belt. You saw the talent that he had coming out of college. Can Canales get Young to reach the expectations that we have of a number one overall pick um, like he has gotten the most out of other quarterbacks in his past? Well, what Canales has going for him, with the exception of Bryce Young, is that 
he's not going to lose his job after a year because the typically, like we talked about with D'Amico Ryan's, you got a chance to establish your program. What did D'Amico have going for him? He had going for him what what David Culley didn't have and what Lovey Smith didn't have, which is the absolute assurance they're not going to get fired after a year because D'Amico had had had, had benefited from those two one year firings. And I think Canales is going to benefit from the impatience of David Tepper and give a little bit of time and a longer landscape to make this happen. And look, he did a better job with Baker Mayfield than anybody in Carolina did mm-hmm. when they have him. So that's a plus. And I, and I think that one of the things that looks like a bad job is if they give you enough time, then it may become a better job. Houston this time last year, everybody thought was a bad job. I kept saying, look, they're not going to fire you after a year, so you have a chance to get your program. I think it's the same thing in Carolina. From two of the the younger head coaches that are in this cycle, let's go to one of the oldest, Jim Harbaugh, who takes over as head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Year after year, this is an L.A. team that it's talked about their potential, how this is a team that can go head-to-head in the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yet in the time that Justin Herbert has been drafted with L.A., they have no playoff wins and only one playoff appearance, which is one of the more embarrassing second-half defeats that we have seen in the playoffs in recent history. How can Harbaugh get this team to reach its potential, Michael? Well, I think there's no question he's going to bring toughness to the team, right? He is going to bring mental and physical toughness, which is really lacking in this team. This team has been the, you know, we're going to do things differently. We're going to be more analytical. We're going to not worry about momentum. We're going to worry about doing, you know, being the the outlier. And Harbaugh is going to bring them back to fundamental football, basic football, blocking, tackling, playing the game smart, avoiding losing, not turning the ball over, and most importantly, winning close games. I think it's an outstanding hire because what they needed in Los Angeles is exactly what Harbaugh brings to the table. Talking through burning questions for each of the new eight head coaches with all the vacancies officially filled here on the Lombardi line. Let's go out to New England and Patriots new head coach, Drod Mayo, who has had the opportunity to work with and learn under the great Bill Belichick for a long time. Can Mayo reestablish the Patriot way without Belichick? And, you know, sidebar question B to this burning question. Who's their next quarterback? Well, I I think to me, well, the quarterback's going to come from the draft. There's no question about that. But I think I don't think they want to duplicate the Belichick way. I think there's a I think there's an ongoing change happening in New England. And I think it wants to move itself further and further away from Belichick. I'm told reliably all the Super Bowl info, all the Super Bowl stuff in the building has been taken out. They're going to start fresh. This is a new era. This is the Mayo era. And I'm sure he's going to rely on a lot of the people in the front office, starting with Jonathan Kraft, Robin Glazer, those people that have not been involved with football are now going to be involved in football, which is going to become, once again, the word of this offseason, Stormy, is collaboration. Yeah. That's the word. That's the key word. Everybody's collaborating. We're all going to get together. We're going to collaborate, right? And we're going to get at that monument dedicated to collaboration. I don't know where we'll put it, but we'll get one. And so I think that's what he's going to do. I, I think they have no interest, zero interest, in trying to build on the Patriot way. They have every interest in establishing a new way of doing business. Real quick follow-up to that, because we still have a couple more head coaches to get to. What does that say to you about them taking all the Super Bowl stuff down and saying, we're starting fresh. This is this is a different time. I think they do, they want to disassociate themselves with the past. I think to me, they don't want that they don't want the, they don't want the legend hanging over them. 
I don't think they want the pressure of rising to a standard that was set prior from the prior regime to affect their building of the team. I think it's very clear. We have no expectations. We're going to build the new expectations. We're launching a new brand. Mm -hmm. This is no different than, you know, Coke putting something different in the bottle and changing the can. Right. They don't want to remember that. Now they had to go back to it but they want to create something new. It's rebranding the franchise. It's rebranding the way. And how do you do that? You take away all the stuff that made you win before. Does it work? We're going to find out. How about Antonio Pierce out here in Vegas? He only has two years coaching at the NFL level as a position coach, mind you. And now he goes from that to a head coach. Uh, how can he make up for his lack of experience here? Well, I think he's, he's, he's tried to do it. He's hired Marvin Lewis on his coaching staff. And I think he's going to bring Tom Coughlin's going to have some role within the organization. I'm told he's going to be a very well-paid consultant to help Antonio Pierce go through these head coaching, these staff interviews to help him build the right staff. So we know Pierce is listening, right? So I think to me that that's a really good first step. Pierce is only going to be as good as the staff he brings in because his level of experience, he's not walking in the offensive staff room and telling them how to fix a problem or the defensive staff room to tell them how to fix a problem, right? His job is to motivate. His job is to create excitement and passion. That's what he's going to do. He is basically there for that. And he's going to be dependent upon the staff that he hires. That's going to be what makes him successful. I know Brian Callahan was brought in at Tennessee and a big part of that had to do with the quarterback position and a belief in Will Levis. Do you think that Will Levis is the guy in Tennessee? Can Brian Callahan really get the most out of him? We'll see. He can if he's good enough. Look, he got a lot out out of Jake Browning. They played really well in that system. Now, they had better receivers. They did, you know, they had a better team around Browning than they do in Tennessee. This is going to be an ongoing process. The offensive line needs to get fixed, really. One of the things, if you're a Levis defender, is you could point to the offensive line and say they were not very good. If you don't know, like Levis, you can say he, did, he wasn't consistent, which is true. But for me, I think this is going to be a hard job for Brian because he's going to have to rely on a lot of information from other people. And Carthon's partly building the staff with him. I mean, uh, Brian doesn't have full control over the coaching staff. Carthon does. So he can't bring everybody he wants with him, which makes this job harder. We were so close. The only one we didn't get to was Raheem Morris. And I do have some burning questions about his position out there in Atlanta. Um, but first, we got VEASAN's own Mike Somich, professional handicapper, coming up next. Get his thoughts on Super Bowl 58 and some hoops later on today. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VEASAN, the sports betting network. And experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VEASAN Pro annual subscription. You'll get your first year for only $199. Just use the promo code Lombardi. That'll get you access to everything on our brand new VEASAN.com website. Plus daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game. Betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video, video access. Plus our Super Bowl betting guide with 
best bets and favorite props. Remember, all you got to do is use that promo code Lombardi. Get your first year of VSIN Pro Access for $199. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe. That's also how you can get all of the great work from our good friend Mike Somich, VSIN host, professional handicapper. You can find him on the handle every weekend from 4 to 7 Pacific, 7 to 10 Eastern. Welcome in, my friend. How are we this week? We're doing good. We're doing good. I'm through about half of the, uh, you know, about 16,000 prop options we have now on the Super Bowl. So got to got to keep grinding away. We've got a two hour prop special coming up uh, from seven to nine Eastern here on VSIN with Matt Brown and I this weekend. So got to make sure I'm prepared with all of the props to come for that. Hey, Mike, I got to tell you, our girl here, she's done tremendous research on Gatorade. Like she knows Gatorade, (laughs) right? And so have you gone down the Gatorade path yet for your, and I don't want to give it away yet. I know people want to watch the show, but have you done as much homework as Stormy has done on Gatorade? Well, I I can tell you the last two times the Chiefs have won, it has been yellow and orange. Uh, Yellow was a 10 to 1 winner last year, orange 4 to 1 a couple years back. I've looked at some of the Chiefs games in the past. I'm leaning toward orange again, Michael. They like the orange Gatorade there in Kansas City. So if you're on the Chiefs, I think orange is a good call. And when you're looking at the San Francisco sideline, uh, that seems like a team that would go orange as well. So I I think if we're going to go with anything, it's orange. I generally don't bet the Gatorade color. I'm more of a national anthem kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Well, Reba, she sings it fast. She sings it fast, she Mike. Does. How are we feeling? Uh, I'm feeling the over simply because <laughs> if you look at her, her biggest times, her biggest events that she sang it, she's stretched it out. She's also gotten longer as she has gotten older as well. And there are there. The number right now is sitting right in that middle area of where what she's sung in the past. So if anything, I'm going over on the national anthem. This wow. is this is the wow. this is the hard hitting. That's interesting. Content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is that, well, this is important stuff. All right, so you know you've gone through it. We've seen the line open. We've seen it kind of you know jockey around. It opened quickly at three. That got bet at right out of it, right? And then we see it go down to one and a half, and it moved back up to two. And so now it's sitting at two. So where are you on this? And do you anticipate being locked into a certain number? And you're over over under total and where you think that'll go. Yeah. So I, I unfortunately missed the three right when it opened. So I, I made this game, uh, San Francisco minus one total sitting at 46 and a half. So I, I lean towards Kansas city in this spot. I lean toward the under in this spot. Uh, I've been on Kansas city the last three weeks and I'm not surprised I'm on Kansas city. Again, when you look at my numbers here, I've been higher on Kansas city than most people over the last two months or so. And it's shocking when you look back, this Kansas city team is 12 and six against the spread coming into this game. If you take out the week 18 game, uh, which is surprising when you think about a public team like Kansas City, one that generally gets bet up quite a bit. So to have a 12 and six season kind of tells you the market has been a little bit behind the Chiefs and what they've been able to accomplish here as well. Uh, but when I look at this and you know, the difference between San Francisco minus one, San Francisco minus two, not massive, about a 4% difference there. But to me, the intangibles are all on the Chiefs side here as well. If you look at the head coaching position, I'd rather have Andy Reid than Shanahan. I'd rather have uh, Spagnolo uh, Spag than I would Wilkes on the defensive coordinator side. You look at the quarterback, I'd much rather have Mahomes and I would Purdy. So all of these other intangible pieces line up here as well. And when I talk about that minus one, that's if this were on a neutral and just any other game, right? So a minus, if it was a neutral in week seven, right? Then would be, to me, it'd be San Francisco minus one right now. The fact that it's the Super Bowl, 
I think everything kind of pushes toward Kansas City. They've been there before. They know what they're doing. They don't. They were they fell behind against Philadelphia last year, able to come back in that situation. We saw them get out to a lead this year against Baltimore and able to hold on. So we've seen them play in high pressure situations, both ahead and behind, and have success in these type of spots. I bet Kansas City minus or plus the two and a half right when the line came out. Unfortunately, didn't get the three like I mentioned. And I played under 48. I still like the under mm-hmm. here at 47. I still like Kansas City here at plus two. Uh, I don't love teasing totals, uh, but I don't hate the idea of playing Kansas City in a teaser up to plus eight oh, and taking the, got, the total down to under. We got a teaser under. total fan over here. I'll, I'll introduce like, We got a like, teaser total it's fan like over here. It's like you knew that was in my account because let me tell you, <laughs> that SGT has already been placed. I don't blame you. You're not getting it. Like to me, this is, this line is probably going to fluctuate between pick them and two for the rest of the time. I don't think we're ever going to see two and a half again. I don't think we're going to see three. Uh, I don't see where I think we're ever going to see Kansas city as a favorite. So if you want to play a teaser and you want to capture that Kansas city plus eight, well, you got to tease it with something. Yeah. And your only option here is the, the total. I like the under. So I tease Kansas city with the under already in this spot. I do like that approach, but real quickly, because you, you are betting Kansas city and it's under a field goal, taking those points. Did you have any interest in getting a little bit of that plus money price on the money line as well? Because historically, Historically, when you look at the Super Bowl, the straight up winner is 47, four and three ATS. So a lot of people just say, hey, pick the winner and bet it that way. I would be interested in the money line if I thought there was value on it. Um, We've seen a situation here where the money line has gotten depressed very, very quickly in these spots. And you have to kind of look at it as, okay, what's the two points worth versus what's the money line worth? I think it's worth around 24 cents. I'm not getting plus 124 anywhere. Uh, and so if I'm not sitting here getting plus 124, I'd much rather take the two points than the money line. We saw when it was sitting at plus one, it was as low as minus 105 on the Kansas City money line. So the, the money line has rolled in on the Kansas City side as well as that plus two. I think because of that that logic, Stormy, where, hey, if I'm only catching two, I might as well just take the money line. I want to make sure I'm getting value if I'm playing the money line. Right now, I think there's more value in Kansas City plus two than the current money line offered. Mike, Kansas City's given up 23.4 points over those last four games you cited. They've only given up 14.3. They've only given up 17 points in the second half. They've been out, they've out, they've gotten 46 points in the first half of their 70 during the playoffs. So give me your read on Kansas City wins, what, 21-17? I mean, what do you think is the outcome score-wise in this game? Do you think either team gets above 23? You're a mind reader, Michael. We have for, for VEASAN.com, we got to put in our exact score prediction here for, uh, for, the, for the Super Bowl guide. I haven't put it in yet. I was teetering between 21-17, 20 to 20-17, 24-21, I think is the absolute high end of it. I don't think we see either team get over 25 points. I think this is a defensive battle. And, you know, one of the things that people talk about on this Chiefs side, yes, they, their defense is very good. Their offense also just chews up clock. I don't think people realize how many long drives you have for Kansas City. And that really plays toward the under. And it's hard for either team to score a bunch of points when you've got six, seven minute drives happening multiple times a game. All I know is that, you know, not to jump in, Stormy, but they've had 16, seven play drives or more on this run. And they and they ate up 37 minutes last week in Baltimore. Now in, in Buffalo, they only had the ball 22 minutes and they were able to score a lot of points. But you're right. I think to me, both styles of play lend yourself to believe this is going to be an eight, maybe a nine possession game for each team. All I was going to say is I'm not following the Oz, the mentalist final score, by the way. Have you guys seen that from his Nicole Hardman no, conversation? So no. apparently him with uh, Nicole Hardman in the Jets in preseason over hard knocks, he did one of those crazy things. And he said that 
Nicole Hartman was going to be playing the 49ers in the Super Bowl and the final score was going to be 31 to 21. And so, of course, it was with the Jets. That was the assumption. But because it happened to be Hardman, who is now with the Chiefs, betters are like the casual betters are all like, oh, man, I got to bet that final score and see what it is. <laughs> so I'm fading the 31 21. But if it happens. Oz Perlman scares me. Um, wow. Last couple minutes here, Mike. I know you've got a couple bets in in the association, in college hoops. What you got? Yeah, well, we'll fire off a couple bets real quick here on the hardwood. So I'm going to take Boston, the Celtics, minus seven tonight against the Lakers in the first half. Uh, it's a, it kind of hits on a couple points for me. First off, the Lakers, this is going to be their fourth game in six nights. Not exactly a bunch of young bucks over there, so they're going to have to be up against it from a rest factor here. But on top of that, if you look at the best first half ROI team in the NBA, it's the Boston Celtics, the worst first half ROI team, ROI team in the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers. So we have best versus worst in the first half here. And on top of that, the Lakers at a rest disadvantage playing four straight road games inside of six days. So I'll lay the seven in the first half with the Boston Celtics here. Then we'll flip over to the college hardwood here. My, uh, my hometown Gauchos, the Ooh, Santa yeah. Barbara Gauchos taking on uh, UC Davis tonight. UC Davis, only two losses in the league so far. Both of those to UC Irvine and San Diego. Those are your number one and number two seeds in the league. They've each only lost once. The Gauchos, on the other hand, five and four inside the conference they have struggled against a wide variety of teams i'll take the three and a half points with the road dog here uc davis coming off a loss against uc san diego i think they bounce back well get the job done uh, on the road here against the gauchos so i'll take uc davis plus three and a half and the boston celtics laying seven in the first half at home give me that uc school system action i didn't know i needed <laughs> on a thursday great stuff as always mike appreciate you no problem. It's a late, late tip too. seven o'clock Pacific tips. If you need something to do late at night with the bottle of wine, you got a UC Davis, uh, UC Santa Barbara game. Michael, you'll be up, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's no question. I can't <laughs> wait to watch it. Great stuff, everybody. Make sure you follow Mike at Samabomb18 on X, as well as check out the handle this weekend from four to seven Pacific, seven to 10 Eastern and the Super Bowl prop special between he and Matt Brown diving into, yes, all of the very serious props, the most bet ones, receiving, rushing, touchdowns, all those things but some of the fun and shenanigans, which we'll have some Super Bowl party props later on in the show as well. But when we come back, different game or more of the same for these Super Bowl contenders. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our code VSIN when you do so. New customers bet $5 and you'll get $200 instantly back in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Again, use that code VSIN to get the deal. The crown is yours. Fun fact about Super Bowl 58 between the Niners and Chiefs, it'll march, mark the fifth Super Bowl in the last 40 seasons that features teams ranked in the top 10 during the regular season in both offensive and defensive yards per game. And so what we're going to do here, Michael, is different game or more of the same. Looking at the most recent picture that each of these teams has presented us from conference championship weekend and finding out if we're going to see a different game or more of the same here in Super Bowl 58, but also keeping in the back of our minds what we've seen throughout the course of the season. So let's start with the Chiefs offensive side of the ball in the AFC championship against the Ravens. Very, very stout defense we know they got off to a great start those first couple of drives ended the day 319 total yards 230 through the air 89 on the ground just 17 points scored all of which came in the first half two of three in the red zone for touchdowns they did not turn over the football though do you think against this 49ers defense we will get a different game or more of the same no this is how they have to play to win and look they've scored 46 of their 70 points in the first half They've only allowed 10 points in the second half in the last three games. Mahomes is averaged 7.0 yard, 7. yards per attempt passing in the, in the regular season. That's exactly what he's averaged in the postseason. Now, what they've been able to do is put together seven play drives. They've had 16 of them, Stormy. They haven't been great on third down. They've only converted 18 third downs over the last four games, 35%. But they've been very good at second down play calling, and they've been able to keep the ball. The script, the script, the script. That's the key to this game. How San Francisco handles Andy Reid's script, because what's happened in these games is they have been very effective early and they haven't been as effective later as the game has went on. Now, two of those games, they've been behind Buffalo. They were behind at halftime and they were behind at they were behind at halftime against Cincinnati but they were able to overcome in the fourth. This game is going to always be more of the same because that's how the Chiefs have to play with this personnel right now. A betting trend that I think is worth noting about the Kansas City Chiefs, if you haven't heard about it already, is their second half and fourth quarter unders, by the way. And we talk about them getting shut out in the second half against the Ravens last week. They are 19-1 and to the under in the fourth quarter, 18-2 and to the under in the second half, something that just cannot be ignored down the stretch. But also, they're on a nine-game stretch, too, Michael, of scoring fewer than 30 points. And that's very rare yeah. for this team. You talked a lot about the change in offensive philosophy the last handful of weeks for this Kansas City team. But the average point per 
production of the winning team in the Super Bowl historically has been 30.1 points per game. Do you think they get there? Do they near the 30-point mark? Well, look, you could make the case that they can if their red zone is better, right? Okay. What, has stat, what has caused them to struggle is red zone against Miami. Didn't get it in the end zone there. They, they kind of played keep away from Baltimore. They really weren't a red zone. They turned the ball over in the red zone on downs which was the only fourth down that they didn't get over the stretch. They've had four of them. They were three for four. That was the one they didn't get. So I I think for me, the way they play, it really is going to come down to their effectiveness in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Can they score in the red zone? And one thing about this 49er team, and I know this is going to pain you when I tell you. Don't do it. During the regular season, they they allowed 10 touchdowns rushing. Yeah. During the postseason, they've already allowed five. If Kansas City can run the ball into the end zone like teams have done against San Francisco, they'll get to 31. And we know that Kansas City has. Isaiah Pacheco has been a touchdown machine the last eight games. Uh, so certainly something that is a concern for San Francisco. And we'll, we'll dive into San Francisco's defense in a moment, but let's start sticking with the theme of offense here and go to the 49ers who it's kind of a complete opposite case for what we saw from Kansas city last week, where they have all that success in the first half. And then the second half, they're just kind of playing conservative, conservative and doing what it takes to win. The 49ers were down 24 to seven at halftime against the lions could not get their offense in gear end up just being phenomenal in the second half. Brock Purdy was a different guy. They finished winning 34, 31, 413 total yards, 258 passing 155 on the ground. They were four of five for red zone touchdown, 6.3 yards per play. Different game or more of the same for this offense, knowing that Spags defense is going to come ready to play. Well, well, look, they, they haven't scored in the first quarter in the two playoff games, San Francisco 49ers. And they can't have that. They got to play. They got to start fast. They got to stay attached. They've had two home playoff games. They've had nine penalties called on them. They've only their opponents only had three. Yeah. Now, where the difference really comes into is can they can they get this offense back to where it needs to go? During the regular season, Stormy, they averaged six point six yards per play. During the playoffs, they're down to five point nine. Right. So not only have they given up more yards in terms of of their defense during the regular season. They only allowed five yards per play during the postseason they're at five, eight. So they've lost 7.7 yards during the postseason from the regular season. And they've lost and they've gained nine yard point nine yards of defense. So that's got to change. We can't have more of the same. And it starts with their offense. You know, they're down 14 to nothing. That first drive, they missed the field goal. They're going to have to start faster in this game because here's what I do know. I'm going to keep saying this for the next 10 days. It's the script, the script, the script. What Andy Reid wants to do, you better make sure you got an answer. And what Kyle wants to do, he better make sure he has an answer. And what we talked about yesterday in Why Not Wednesday, we had that prop plus 170 for the San Francisco 49ers to win but having to come from behind the way that they did against the Green Bay Packers, against the Lions. You said, no, thank you. I'm not interested because if the 49ers are going to win, they need to get out from in front and maintain it from that standpoint. And I think that's great, especially when we look at this Chiefs defense that is coming in hot after what they did, stifling the soon-to-be MVP in Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense and how good they are, held them just 10 points, sacked Lamar Jackson four times, forced three turnovers, did not let them do anything in the red zone this game. Um, different game or more of the same for the Chiefs defense in terms of your expectations for the way that they're going to come for Brock Purdy in this offensive unit. 
Yeah, I, I think they're going to continue to play well. I mean, they've played well all year, only have given up 14 points. I think you're going to have to make, they're going to have to make some explosive plays. And the more I study this game, Ayuk, 17 yards plus average down the field, he's going to have to make a play mm. down the field, right? And the thing about Kittle is, Kittle's kind of a unique player, averages 15 yards a catch. Kittle's not your typical tight end who has a, a 70% catch percentage and a 12 yard uh, average or an 11 yard. He's got 15, he gets down the field. They are going to need to win against man coverage. They are going to have to make plays down the field and they're going to have to make plays outside the numbers what Baltimore couldn't do now Purdy throws the ball better outside the numbers than Lamar does he also throws it well inside so you know they're going to they're going to have to rattle this a little bit because it, the Kansas City's defense is the strength of their team and we're going to get more of the same now can they deal with it I think they probably can knowing Kyle yeah, both defenses, it's going to be interesting how, how they're able to manage the run because neither run defense is, is something to write home about. And you've got Isaiah Pacheco on one side and Christian McCaffrey on the other. So a, an interesting dynamic. And now to go back to the 49ers defense side of things where we usually think of this as, you know, this stout, tough, aggressive 49ers defense hasn't really looked like that picture as much lately. They had very little resistance to Detroit in the first half, surrendered 18 first downs, gave the Lions, uh, allowed the Lions rather to convert five of seven third downs in the first half. They came out to a 14-0 lead their opening two drives, only needing to face and convert one third down in the process. Overall on the day, they gave up 442 yards, 6.1 yards per play, as you were kind of referencing earlier, and 31 points. Did force a turnover, though, and I think that'll be really important to see if they can get one against this Chiefs offense. It's got to be. They got It can't be more of the same. They've got to change. Yeah. They've got to play faster. They've got to tackle better. They didn't tackle well. Look at the two long run. Look at the runs for touchdowns. They didn't yeah. tackle well. They've got to play better in the red zone. I mean, they let the team. They've let teams run the ball in five times. That's not typically what a great defense does. And they've got to. Here's where they got to get really good. I mean, in the regular season, they were forty point nine percent on third down. That ranked twenty fourth in the league. Forty point nine. They're up to 52 in the playoffs. Teams are moving the ball on them like crazy on third down. That's got to change. Oh. You know, they allowed 9.6 per reception in the regular season per catch. Now it's up to 12.1. This is going to have to change. And if you're betting San Francisco and laying the two, you're saying they're going to change what they do. They're going to play better. And I don't know if there's evidence that says that to be true. The thing that was probably the most frustrating in the first half of that game against Detroit last week was allowing those third and longs. Like how many of those were they letting Detroit convert third and 12, that third and 18? You no, know, you put them in that position, you got to get the ball back. So um, yeah, against a right. Kansas City team that we know is is capable of doing what they are, got to stand tall. Uh, we're going to hit the break here. When we come back, resetting for hour two of the Lombardi line and the big news in the NFL that all eight head coaching vacancies have now been filled, including Dan Quinn to the commanders today. We'll get into it all when we come back on the Lombardi line. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX 80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. 
The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your life sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 